On this Tuesday, we'll talk hockey with Big Walt, Keith Kachuk. We always say that at the beginning, and then we hope he answers his phone. We hope we hope he's not golfing or driving. But Big Walt, Keith Kachuk, to talk a little blues hockey. They're in the middle of a stretch here. Eight out of their nine games are on the road, including tonight in Winnipeg, which is where Big Walt, this is timely, started his NHL career and met his wife. Chantel is from Winnipeg. Manitoba. So this is rather timely. Talking Blues tonight. Oilers tomorrow for the Blues. Winnipeg, then Edmonton. When I was out at the facility, practice facility on Monday, talking to some of the folks who travel with the team, I said, let's rank these like Canadian stops. Now, they all love Montreal. But I said, okay, is Edmonton a little better than Winnipeg in terms of social life or meals or whatever? And they said, yes. Edmonton a tick better than Winnipeg. Calgary better than Edmonton and Winnipeg. Vancouver, they all love. Toronto depends on who you ask. It's a big city. I love Toronto. My sister used to live there. I don't know why I'm doing the Rand McNally right now, but the bottom line is they're playing in Edmonton tomorrow. Back home this weekend. Big Walt, Keith Kachuk with us. It is a Wednesday with Walt, even though it's only a Tuesday. I won't tell Brendan it feels like a, feels like a Wednesday to me. Maybe that's because we don't have a show tomorrow. We have Mizzou at Florida in basketball. And on the show tonight, Sean Kelly, who is the voice of the Gators. So you've got Mike Kelly, voice of the Tigers, on one side. Sean Kelly, voice of the Gators. St. Louis guy who was working in New Orleans, working for ESPN. A lot of NBA on the radio. And then was working for the Pelicans doing basketball. But for a couple of years now, has been working for the Florida Gators directly. So voice of the Gators. Sean Kelly on the show. Mizzou on the road. 0-14 in the SEC. I never would have thought. Post Kim Anderson. We love Kim Anderson, but I never would have thought we'd see anything like that again, where Mizzou would go through an SEC season and win two games or win three games. But here we are in year two with Dennis Gates. So that is on deck basketball talk with the game coming your way tomorrow. City SC plays later tonight. They've got the Champions Cup round two with Houston, the Dynamo. And this is the aggregate score. It's very weird when we've been, you know, talking about sports our whole lives and we say, what is it, a best of best of seven, best of three, best of five? It's a best of two. Okay, well, how do you get a best best of two? Well, combine the scores. I guess if City could draw tonight, they would advance because they won the first game two to one. So I think that would do it, but I'm not. Maybe Brendan's got the decoder ring out. We'll get into all of that a little bit later here on the Kill Coin Conversation. Mizzou Spring Ball up and running. Cardinals had Sonny Gray's debut, two scoreless innings. I did see, didn't watch uh, the outing. I did see in the first inning he had given up a hit, he'd given up a walk, but he also picked off a runner, struck out a batter. So uh, I don't know that it's going to mean much come opening day in Los Angeles, but the first go-round for Sonny Gray, two scoreless innings. Brandon Crawford, still not official by the Cardinals. I know Derek Gould said that Brandon Crawford is on site. That's your Four-time gold glove winner from the San Francisco Giants. I think at the end of the show Monday we talked about him being there, and it certainly is a sign that they're a little concerned about Tommy Edmond, who is your starting center fielder, but he's also your backup shortstop, which does sound a little bit like Abbott and Costello. Hey, why are we signing a shortstop? Well, because the center fielder's injured. Yeah, but he's also the backup shortstop. And if Tommy Edmond is injured, well, I thought he was your everyday center fielder. This is the second year in a row they've announced – Rather boldly, he's the starting center fielder. Remember last year was Tyler O'Neill, And everybody said, well, does he play center? Well, he wants to. 
okay, so. And that didn't really work out. So this year they said Tommy Edmond is the guy. He's the center fielder. And while they were saying all of that, they never told us, oh, yeah, he had wrist surgery. So he's And he may end up being fine somewhere early in the season, but maybe not on opening day. So if he can't play center field, I guess Dylan Carlson back into the spotlight. And then, oh, by the way, you need a backup shortstop. So a little bit later in the spring, maybe we'll do the roster dance and say, okay, if you keep Crawford, are you still keeping Matt Carpenter? Do we have room for everybody? Is Alec Burleson not making this team? It's probably early to break all that down. There's always an injury. Things happen. But at this point, I think Crawford being there makes it a little harder to keep Matt Carpenter because I don't feel like Crawford's going to come here and then they say in May, okay, everybody's healthy, you're out of here, we're going to cut you. I don't think you sign a guy like that with any intention of him not being here all year. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's the way it works. I don't think that's a guy you're going to say in mid-April, all right, we're healthy all the way around. We don't need you anymore. So I think it complicates the whole roster construction, which is kind of something we've critiqued in recent years roster construction we'll talk a little later baseball brendan we and i in between big walt keith kachuk sean kelly voice of the gators and i want to tell you about the missouri athletic club two different locations downtown location been there since 1903 the corner of wash ave and broadway such a beautiful facility you've probably been there over the years maybe for a wedding jack buck sports awards so many cool things going on downtown but they also have the West Clubhouse. Great place for the kids outside in the summertime. Use the outdoor pool. Summer camps for the kids. Keep them busy. Sign them up for the camps. Year-round, you can take lessons to learn how to play tennis, pickleball. Use the MAC for fitness downtown and out west. Get your workout in or use it for social. Got a big event? You can hold it at the MAC. Smaller business get-together. Have a coffee or a lunch downtown or out west. Again, Great place to do that. Food's awesome. Service is even better. It's the MAC. Two locations, downtown and out west, mac-stl.org. There he is, Big Walt, Keith Kachuk, your Blues, Director of Player Recruitment, on the line with us. Are you in town, my man? Yeah, in town, but I know soon for most scouting trips. So it should be in a, it's a, lot of, uh, a lot of cities, but it'll be fun getting out and getting that time of the year where you're Really bearing down on the draft and some free agency stuff, so I'm looking forward to it. That Frozen Four is just around the corner. Did you always go when it was in St. Louis? You were, I think, most years you were playing. How cool is that when they've been able to host that in St. Louis? That was cool, uh, actually. You know, BC was in town, so Kevin uh, was here with his uh, late brother. Uh, they lost to actually Jaden Schwartz uh, in Colorado College's team. Uh, big upset that day, so I remember being down there. Some good teams in town for that. I remember my bracket went bust when Colorado College. That's right. I almost <laughs> forgot. Where uh, Where are you headed this week? Don't say Sarnia. That's made up. Where are you headed? Uh, London, Ontario, the home of uh, Robert Thomas. Robert Thomas. Where he played. Yeah, we're all not the home, but where he played. Him and Matthew both played in London together. And then off to Windsor. Then I'm uh, going to see the U.S. program, then heading out west to the Calgary, Medicine Hat area, and back nice. through Detroit again. Medicine Hat? That's not a direct flight. No. <laughs> no are you no, are you, uh, are you you friends with Robert's family from the years when you oh, would yeah. host him and you guys stay, you stay yeah, close? We, we, yeah, when he was living here, the Thomases would stay here. So now he's moved right up the street from us. So 
whenever they're they're in town, we get to see them a little bit. So they're yeah, they're great people, great family. Are they still doing that? Like our blue, like is Shenner hosting somebody right now? Is that st- I should know this, but is that still going on? I'm not sure what what's happening there. I don't know. I'm a little bit out of the loop. It's a little above my pay grade, there, Marty. Yeah, these are important questions. Who's living with whom? Uh, <laughs> what do you make right now? This is kind of a make or break time for teams before the deadline in terms of who they are. The Blues were in the playoff picture. Now they've faded a little bit. It seems that they're always going to kind of be right there on the bubble. Uh, is this an important couple of weeks, you think, for Doug and company to make decisions? Well, I mean, it's, it's, I don't want to direct it towards Doug. I just think it's a big, you know, few games for our team to decide what you what we're going to do. I mean, you know, uh, it's been a tough week, you know, where Nashville's gotten hot and, you know, we lose to Nashville at home in a tough game and, and get crushed by Detroit. So, big win tonight against a tough team up in Winnipeg. So, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, the guys are in a good position now. It's time to fight, you know, scratch and claw to try to keep pace with, you know, Nashville and L.A. And uh, who knows what could happen. Winnipeg surprised a lot of folks, and I think I think Army on this show said he just assumed they were going to trade off some pieces, and then when they didn't, they kept the band together. Are they better than expected? Well, they re-signed the goalie and Mark Scheifele, which is too huge. You know, nobody thought that was going to happen. The goaltending has been great, but they made a good trade for Dubois, bringing in some you know quality uh, NHL players. So they're a big, hard, physical team, and they're tough to play. Um, so give credit to them. Um, nobody thought, I don't think anybody thought they'd be in the position they were right now, but they're battling for top spot in the central, and that's what they all want to do. Nobody wants to face each other, especially, you know, I'm sure Winnipeg doesn't want to face Colorado or Dallas in the first round, so it's going to be a battle all the way till the end. How many years did you play and live in Winnipeg? Uh, I think four, four and a half, four and a half years up there. And you met your lovely wife, Chantel, the key to the whole Kachuk operation. She is a Winnipeg native, right? Correct, she is. Wow. Now she's, uh, she doesn't go back there much now, but no, yeah, it was, uh, you know, we met up there, so cool spot, but I think she likes living down here a little bit more. It, it is, I'm asking things that I could probably look up, but isn't Winnipeg kind of above Minnesota? It's not real yeah, far away. It's, yeah, it's not far at all. It's an easy flight from Minneapolis. If you took a direct flight here, if there ever was one, it was probably what an hour and a half. That's all it would be. So every at least when I, I didn't know much about Winnipeg when I got drafted. I had no idea where it was. I thought it was way, way up north. It really isn't. It's an easy place to get to, especially from you know, from here. I'm surprised they lost a franchise. Was that over the arena? And do you remember then? Were they like? Well, there was, was a time where they, you know, things there was no salary cap. Some teams they, they just couldn't keep up. They didn't have the corporate sponsors. Now there's talk that they might lose it again at some point if they don't, you know, it's not a very big building, but they've lost a lot of season ticket holders. I don't know if it's COVID or they just can't keep up with the salary cap going up and the prices, but, uh, you know, I hope it doesn't, you know, end up leaving again. I mean, it'd be tough, difficult for the people of Winnipeg. Boy, maybe you're the jinx. Atlanta lost their team. Winnipeg lost their team. Maybe it's you. Hey, as long as St. Louis doesn't lose it, that's all I care about. (laughs) Well, and then if Phoenix happened, then I'd have to. I, I would really make a case yeah. if it's your fault. Are they going to get that sorted out? Who knows? I think the, I think the the league, the commissioner, and the, you know the NHLPA boss, Marty Walsh. I think they're tired of this whole stuff, and I think the players are tired of it. it you know, 
it was functional when I was there. We played downtown, but I don't know what this new ownership is doing or how they can't get a, a, a facility, but I think the league is sick of waiting, so we'll see what happens. Well, it was the issue there, too, that everyone's from another city, so they're not diehard, maybe Coyotes fans. Well, that's fine, but that's fine, Marty. But when we played there, when I played there, we had a great fan base. We had buildings that were, were sold out in you know, downtown in America West, which wasn't, you know... You know, it wasn't great for hockey, like the way it was built, but we still had great crowds. So the the fan base is there. Um, it's, you know, it's just a matter of them finding a spot where it's located in a spot where everybody can get to instead of being way out in Glendale where it was where nobody can get there. And they're playing in a 3,000-seat arena, which is, you know, not, not, obviously not NHL standards. great for college, but, it's kind of, you know, but who knows? I just hope it works out. You guys had the Bulin Wall. That's what I remember. Late yeah. 90s, the Hobby yeah. Bulin, the Bulin Wall, which was a great nickname. And then that series with the Blues, you yeah. probably don't want to be reminded, but that would have been the, yeah. the Turgeon goal off his skates. And then Scott Young had a game. Whatever, game five and game seven were both absolute classics yeah. from a Blues perspective. Yeah, not for us. That was tough. When you're up three games to one, you got to close the team out. They had a great team. They had a wagon that year, so. We had them on the ropes, and uh, you know we just got uh, you know couldn't score in game five. We couldn't we couldn't score game five, six, and seven, I believe. I think game seven was one nothing. So that's on us. This turned into the Chris Farleader. Uh, remember that one time, and then you guys played, and then that team moved. Uh, Big Walt is always out there scouting. Let's talk about Snuggerud, who's having a great year at Minnesota. What? How does it work? Remind folks, he has to sign a pro contract, right? So could he stay another year if he wanted to? That seems unlikely. But what? How does it actually play out? Well, that's that's up for Doug, and you know, but in terms of a contract, yeah, he would come out and sign an NHL contract and. You know, he has the opportunity. There's a couple of different options he can do, but that's above my pay grade. He can go down the American League, but obviously he's a high draft pick and guy we've watched and really liked for a, for a long time going back to his draft year. He's a pure goal scorer. And, you know, he can definitely help in some areas on the big team. So he's going through with his team right now. Um, they're about four, a couple of weeks away from the playoffs. So they're in a situation where they're going to make the NCAA tournament. So that. You know, it's up to him, too, if he wants to come out and sign. But he can go back for another year. He can sign. You know, that's totally up to him what he decides. But obviously, we'd, we'd love to have him. But in theory, and I'm not saying what he's going to do or what the Blues are trying to do, but in theory, a college player could end their season, and let's just say it ended in mid-March. They could then sign with their NHL team if they wanted to. And in theory, they could play a couple of NHL games. That if they, Yeah, they, they can play. He, if, if they're pro- our property, they can play. Absolutely. Just has to officially leave the college rank. So is he yeah. going to be? Is he penciled in as a thirty goal scorer like immediately, or you think well, there'll be growing I mean, pains? Yeah, I mean he's got it's it's a, it's a jump. I mean this is part of his development. You know he'll dictate where he plays. I mean he's a great player. We drafted him in the first round for a reason because we have high hopes for him. But you want to make sure you're doing everything possible for the player long term, not just short term. And how about Zach Bolduc, who's gotten called up? We saw him score his first goal. People around the team say he's got a great shot. Uh, then another guy was really young. What did you see of him back then when you were scouting? Well, I didn't see him play, but our guy's really high on him. And, you know, I watched the other night. I thought he looked really good. I mean, he's a darter. He's, he's got good speed. He helps our team speed, which we're not the fastest group up front. So, 
Um, you know, I know it's a tough game overall against Detroit, but seeing him score like he did, you know, and, and, you know, it's a big jump going from junior, especially to the American League where, you know, he's making strides, you know, but we have guys down there that are watching him a lot more close than I am, but I thought he looked very good and I think he's heading in the right direction for sure. So you wouldn't be scouting like the Quebec team. So he would have been when he was younger playing in Quebec. Yeah, that's one place I really, you know, there hasn't been a lot of activity out of that league lately, so there's no reason to go there. And then Dvorsky's another name. I think it was the Hockey News, just to, you know my subscription has lapsed, but I heard about this, that they had a cover story on all of the Blues' young guns. They put Neighbors on there. They put uh, Snuggerud. I think they put uh, Dvorsky on there, too. Where uh, Dvor- Is it Dalibor Dvorsky? He's, he's still a little ways away. Well, I don't. I mean, he's having a great year. He's putting up some some great numbers right now up in Sudbury. He started off a little slow over in Sweden with his, you know, this pro team there. But we came over, and his team's one of the better teams in the LHL. So he's getting lots of ice time. I've actually watched him a little bit this year, and he's done a great job. He's he's a thick body, strong on pucks, and he can score goals. He can make plays. He's got good details. So I think he's had an direction. He's gonna he's gonna push to try to make this team next year. And meanwhile, in the Kachuk household, the Florida Panthers, Matthew's team is uh, red hot. I know it's weird because the the franchise, before Matthew was there, like they had a great season, then they would bow out. Last year they kind of snuck in and got red hot. This year they seem to be the opposite. They're going to go in maybe one of the teams to beat. Yeah, I mean, I've been very impressed with them. Um, you know, they, they play a style that, you know, not a lot of teams can do. And, you know, they have really good skill, but they play a fast, heavy game. And they're very physical. They have that pack mentality. You know, they're all in it together. And they had a great, really, since Christmas, they've really been our role. And just one guy after the other, hey, he's got a quiet 30 goals. Ryan Hart's almost got 40. I mean, Barkov's one of the best two-way centermen's in the league. Their defense are all mobile and they're tough, physical, on pucks. And they're the role players. They're doing their job. They're heavy. And they just, it's the four-checking team that just, don't give you a sniff. So it's fun to watch them. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how they do down the stretch here. On the Monday show here on the Kill Coin Conversation, we had a long talk, visit with Kelly Chase, his battle with leukemia, and then ultimately the game that he's putting on April 5th. He's got a number of alumni coming in. I'm like, is Big Walt, you're not on the list. Maybe you could help coach. We've got Hully's a coach. How about Sean Payton is one of the coaches at this game, the NFL coach? That's great. I'm unfortunately I'm out of town working, so that's tough for me to get back. And this is our crunch time, but I think it's great for. So happy that Kelly's doing so well, and some of the players that are going to come out and help raise some money and awareness. And I think it's wonderful. I'm just glad Kelly's heading in the right. You know, he's really doing well. I've got to visit him a couple of times and see him, and he looks great. And um, he's going to beat this thing. He's got some. Yeah, he's a fighter, and, and especially what he does. Off the ice, throughout the community, uh, not just on the ice, but off the ice, he does a great job of giving back, and that's a, that's you know a great quality about him. Yeah, I said the irony is for years we would always see him at the hospital visiting kids. He was always at hospitals going to see sick people. Then all of a sudden it flipped. He had a great story how Twister came to the hospital to break him out, kind of like break him out of jail, but break him out of the hospital. I'm like, oh my, only twi-. he said. You got one of those friends, Martin, you call at like 6 in the morning. If you need help, they'll come help you. And I said, yeah, a couple. Okay, I think, I'm think thinking in my head. He said, how about 3 a.m.? Are they coming? Uh, he said, Twister's the guy you call at 3 a.m. And I said, yeah, because he's still up. That's not a fair question. But <laughs> he had some great stories. But, yeah, Andy McDonald's going to suit up. 
Barrett Jackman. Now, those are a couple of guys who are not too far removed who probably could still play. Belfour and Chelios uh, on the other side. It's going to be great fun. So I'm just reminding folks, Friday, April 5th, Centene Community Ice Center, Blues alumni against NHL alumni. Brett Hull, the coach. I've got this visual of Holy coaching with a Jack and Coke in one hand, screaming at the ref, and then Sean Payton, the Broncos coach, who I think we're going to have on this show, coaching on the other side. All right, now that everybody's up to speed, we've talked to the director of player recruitment. He's got to hit the road, always looking for new talent for your St. Louis Blues. Big Walt, great to have you on. Hey, thanks a lot for having me, 2020. Love talking to Big Walt. He's always hitting the road. How about that? We, we joke about these guys being retired like Pujols and Molina, and they still want to work. They still want to do something. Big Walt, every week, is heading to heading – to, Sarnia, Medicine Hat, all these places in Canada just to do a little scouting. For your St. Louis Blues, maybe you should call Altair. Make that trip a little more convenient. The folks at Altair Travel have been one of the largest full-service travel agencies in this region for more than 40 years. Whether you're going domestic or international, if it's business or pleasure, cruise, honeymoon, destination wedding, beach vacation, Adventure, holiday, whatever you have in mind, they can help you. Tap into that expertise at altairtravel.com or set up an appointment, 968-9600. 314-968-9600. It's also good to know when you call there, somebody in the building has probably made that trip. Whatever you have in mind, I mentioned the Great Wall of China. I just throw that out there. Somewhere in Europe, you've got an idea. Or you want to go on a cruise, maybe over in Europe. Like I'd like to do this cruise where we're in the middle of Europe. Okay, yeah. You know what? So-and-so is the expert on that. That's because they have 50-plus travel specialists. So there's always someone in the building who can give you the expertise for your next trip, domestic or international, even business incentives. They can handle all of that at Altair Travel, 968-9600 or on the web. It's altairtravel.com. On the line with us, he is the voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, pride of St. Louis, and now down there in enemy territory this week with Gainesville. And, uh, Sean, if we have the swamp in football, I should know this. Is is basketball, is that the lagoon? What is it? Good question. Hi, Martin. Thanks for having me. Uh, there's really no great nickname. The O-Dome, maybe, is all that we should go with with regard to where the Gators play in basketball. Uh, nothing uh, as iconic as the building across the street, the football stadium. How about for you? How many years now you took the job? You'd been doing New Orleans NBA basketball. Folks know you from your days in Columbia, Missouri. But how many years now is the voice of the Gators? Yeah, this is my second. I, I left ESPN full-time in 22 uh, to take this Florida job. Thankfully, I, I still do some stuff for ESPN, but made the move here to Gainesville uh, about 20 months ago at this point. So... I feel settled in. I feel a long way from home, uh, but I've been home uh, away from home for a long time you know, after the years in, in Louisiana, then at ESPN, too. Now, were you doing Pelicans games? I was. I originally moved to New Orleans in 2002 to work for Tulane University, but then just after a couple of years, I went to the NBA full-time and did that for about a decade and a half, so... That was my – the majority of my stay in Louisiana was with the NBA team. Okay. Well, now that we've, we've dusted off Sean's resume – oh, one last one. Are you a Priory guy? I am. What I a, am. Oh, what are the Probably odds? you a Rebel, now a Raven, I guess. You are now a Raven. This is like Marquette for me. I was a warrior, and I somehow became a Golden Eagle years later. But we just had – I know Bobby Mack wasn't there when you were there, but we had 
the basketball coach from Priory on yesterday because they just won district in basketball for the first time in 55 years. So unbeknownst to me, it is Priory Week here on KTRS. Amazing. You know, he, he's been an unbelievable addition, obviously, to that, to that school. And, you know, we all know his coaching pedigree and what he's meant to not just basketball, but the athletic scene in St. Louis. And just to see him have Priory breakthrough, that's amazing. 55 years. So uh, I'm responsible for some of that streak never <laughs> being stopped. All right, well, let's talk about the matchup. I know Mizzou is – they're in the tank. They're 0-14, but Kentucky – Florida, rather, tied with Kentucky in the SEC standings. What stands out to me is the Gators are 12-1 and at home. They're looking for a 20th win on the season. Uh, tell us about your squad. A much improved team from a year ago. Todd Golden in his second year has – has gotten this thing kind of right. The home record's a big part of that. You know, their best home record really since probably the 13-14 season when Florida went 17-0 and that season uh, at the O'Connell Center. And so it's interesting when you look at this matchup in that the transfer portal has had a huge impact on not only all of college basketball, but these two programs in particular. And in some ways it's, you know, swing and extra base hits here for the Gators in that the two guards really are the foundation of this team, and Zion Pullen and Walter Clayton Jr. have been two real high-impact transfers, uh, and they have others on the roster, too, that are making a significant impact. Whereas Missouri's situation, and in in, in, we see this in a lot of cases, this happens to be some swings and misses here for Dennis Gates, and you compound that with some injury problems, and that's why you have a Florida team that's trying to ascend into the top four in the SEC, and you have Missouri, who just, it, to me, it breaks my heart a little bit being a Missourian to see them, you know, winless in the league. And now you look at the schedule that Missouri has the rest of the way, a couple things in play. Number one, they play teams that are trying to bolster their NCAA tournament resume or improve their seed in the SEC. But none of them also want to be the team that finally gives up a win to Missouri. And so I think in some ways that adds some some drama to the ball game tomorrow night here in Gainesville. Yeah, you're right. The longer that drought is for Missouri, each opponent now is like, oh, don't let it be us, don't let it be us. Did you cover Mizzou? You were in Columbia because I always get – there was the Mike Kelly, of course, and there was Sean Kelly. You worked in Como for a while? I did, from 98 to 02. I worked at KFRU, the the, uh, the radio station there, the news talk station, and, and at the time they were the flagship of the Tigers, and thankfully I had – Guys like Mike Kelly, who's a fellow Saluki like myself, he took me under his wing, and and I did a you know a smattering of different things and covered the Tigers as well. All right, let's talk about Todd Golden. You mentioned his name, second year coach, uh, played college ball, but when he got hired, he's coming from San Francisco, so not a Power Five school. How was the hire received at the time? With with kind of you know maybe a little bit of a raised eyebrow to some extent. Yes, he had NCAA tournament experience, but he had no major college head coaching experience. He had time with Bruce Pearl at Auburn and you know, obviously was one of the hot young coaches. You know, Todd's 38 now. And you look at the class, the, the coaching hires uh, that he was involved in, Dennis is involved in that in Missouri, and uh, Chris Jans at Mississippi State, Matt McMahon at LSU, um, you know, Mike left here and went to Georgia, and so I guess that'd be kind of a new hire for Georgia at the time. But it's proven out to be that it's it's been a good hire for Florida. He's excelled against those in his class. 
Uh, he's had the better mark than anybody that came out of that hiring cycle. And, and obviously to take a team that was, you know, 500 last year in, in league play and, uh, you know, had a losing season overall, to now turn them into being on the brink of 20 wins overall, you know, a very legit team with regard to the SEC race. Uh, it's kind of, you know, rejuvenated basketball in Gainesville, which, you know, obviously enjoyed huge success under Billy Donovan. But now again, you've had sellouts on consecutive basis here in Gainesville and, and people excited and talking about the basketball team again. And frankly, I just, you know, if we're just going to use our own eyes here, they're a really fun team to watch and they reflect the personality of Todd Golden. And uh, it's a very enjoyable group to be around and winning sure is fun too. Sean Kelly, our guest, the voice of the Florida Gators, St. Louis native, Mizzou plays at Florida. Coming up on Wednesday night, full slate, Illinois Mizzou Slew all playing on Wednesday night. So a trip down to Gainesville. We know in football about the world's largest cocktail party, Florida, Georgia. How about basketball? What's the biggest game? Is it Kentucky for you guys down there? Is there an equivalent? The closest thing would come is, you know, obviously Florida, Georgia, that carries over to all the sports. But in basketball, too, you know, a little spicy this year with Kentucky. You split those games. Each road team wins. Uh, and then, you know, early in the season, we get kind of, we get our own version of what you have with Mizzou and Illinois and Florida, Florida State. And so that's always a great non-conference game early on in the schedule. Uh, with regard to, you know, something to stack up to what Florida, Georgia is in football, it's hard to tell. That's probably one of the top 10 rivalry games of the year in college football. And so there just hasn't been a basketball rivalry that would elevate itself to that extent. But again, Martin, realize where I'm living now. I mean, football is king, right, yeah. even here in the state of Florida. And so to even compare the two is a little tough. It's called a bad question, Sean. That's what that was. Yeah. There is there is no comparison. How about some of the venues you get to go to on the basketball side, uh, traveling around the SEC? Do you have a couple of favorites? Yeah, no, this has really kind of been finally my first tour around the SEC. I'll check one last box. I have not done a game at South Carolina. That'll happen this weekend, but, you know, Auburn's got one of the best home courts in all of college basketball. Um, I'm careful talking about Rupp Arena a little bit in Kentucky. Uh, You know, I I don't want to disrespect the history there or the success of that program, but I just, Martin, I wouldn't put that in my top three. Arkansas is really good. Uh, Missouri, when the Tigers are rolling, is good. It's it's strange though. I will I will admit this this season was my first time at Mizzou Arena. When I left, it was still the Hearn Center, and I don't know why it took so long. But I finally got to go to Mizzou Arena this year, uh, and so I got to witness that building. Uh, Texas A and M up and down with regard to their home floor. You know, at least the atmosphere goes, and, and that's those are really kind of the crown jewels of the SEC when it comes to to basketball venues. Up and on the football side, in Mizzou, Florida. Pretty decent rivalry. The Tigers have maybe had more success than folks would have guessed going into that series with the Gators. They don't play in 2024. You guys have got, what, Texas? And you already mentioned you play Florida State and Miami out of conference and traditionally Florida State in all the sports. But uh, no Mizzou, Florida next year. Yeah, well, and maybe that's a good thing because obviously, you know, the Mizzou game was wild in Columbia this past fall. And Credit to Eli Drinkwitz and, and his staff. They've gotten Mizzou football pointed in the right direction. And, and I'm not so sure that Florida Gators could sustain another matchup with Missouri when you look at Florida's football schedule this upcoming year. Uh, Billy Napier's third season is, I can't think of anything more difficult. It's probably the toughest schedule in all of college football. 
especially on the back end. It's it's murderous when you look at what the Gators are up against this fall. And you mentioned the the fan fervor for football. Is it is it twenty four seven? Like if I flipped on radio down there, are they talking about the two deep at this point? Oh, maybe not the two deep, but certainly like you know, Dan Enos is is hired here this week uh, to be a part of the offensive staff. So now all of a sudden, it's seemingly what the NFL has done to find themselves in the news cycle twelve months of the year. Florida football is almost in that space other than the basketball team is doing very well, so, so they're talked about more. And college baseball down here is, um, is maybe number two to football, and the Gators being in the top five, you know, that, that'll dominate some, some news talk around here a little bit. So uh, football will always find its way in the conversation. There are maybe just a couple of things going on right now that kind of maybe knock them to two or three on the list, but they're on the list. So were you a kid listening to Jack Buck do Cardinals and Mike Shannon? Is that what the influence was at an early age? Absolutely. You know, I grew up in a house in St. Louis that the game was always on. Sometimes it was background noise. Sometimes it was front and center. But, you know, I grew up with that soundtrack, of course. And I think the other thing that influenced me in a big way was how involved Jack Buck, Mike Shannon, Bob Starr, Dan Kelly, all these great broadcasters were also not just ambassadors of the teams in St. Louis, but they were ambassadors of the city themselves. And so to see how they were regarded not only by fans, but their civic-minded you know, minded leadership in our community, too, was, was something that struck me. And, and, I, and I've tried to find that thing, if you will, at various spots in my career. I think that I have a, an ability to do something like that, to kind of have an impact like that here in Gainesville and across the state of Florida. So that takes me back to my roots. But, you know, inevitably the conversation always goes back to Cardinals baseball or those broadcasters that I grew up listening to. And I feel like your New Orleans tweets, or when you lived in Louisiana, there was a lot of, was it was it barbecue, uh, smoking meats? I feel like there was a lot of knowledge about you on the grill. Well, that and that is born in St. Louis, frankly. I mean, Martin... Just know that two nights ago, I had to have pork steaks, okay? And I still have to go to the butcher here and tell them exactly how I want my pork steaks cut. But between that and going to school in southern Illinois, where Murfreesboro is kind of a little uh, barbecue capital in itself, that's where my love of that started. And then if you go to Louisiana, all you do is talk about food. When, when you live in Louisiana, while you're having one meal, you're already talking about what you're going to have at the next meal. So you combine whether it's crawfish boils or fish fries or anything else well if i can roll barbecue into that that fits into the conversation people love that too i'm trying to think your carbondale days italian village was probably around and still is still and, and still, still is. is this is correct and you mentioned yeah. murphy's bro there used to be a great spot called murphy's that was just outside of town my wife is from west frankfurt so i am okay. i'm well versed on uh, my father-in-law went to Carbondale, and the Salukis are hanging tough in the Valley. We'll have Arch Madness next week. Sean Kelly, our guest, voice of the Florida Gators. Appreciate you hopping on, and uh, don't go don't go too tough on our Tigers on Wednesday night. Hey, Martin, I have nothing to do with that, um, <laughs> but I won't lie. A, a Gators win would be good for for me. <laughs> yeah, that'd be number twenty for Todd Golden in Florida. Hey, yeah, Sean, thanks so much. Thanks, Martin. AAA Home Services, one of our great sponsors on this program, the Kilcoin Conversation. Happy to tell you that right now you can get a great rebate on your next furnace. HVAC problems, now is the time to take action and 
save money. Best rebates of the entire year going on right now at AAA Home Services. They're on the web at aaastl.com. Year-round, they are here for you, whether it's fixing the AC in the summer, furnace in the winter, or your electrical needs, plumbing, appliance repair, all of it one spot. How convenient is that? You probably have those little Post-it notes, people you need to call, things you need to get fixed, instead of like four or five different items there. Just crumple that baby up, make it all one big note to call AAA Home Services. For all those home needs, it's 636 397-3200, 397-3200, or aaastl.com. It is an independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer taking care of you for 54 years. That's how long ago it all started, and you know things are going well when you're into your 54th year. AAA Home Services for all your home needs, plumbing, electrical, appliance repair, and, of course, great rebates right now on your next HVAC unit. It's aaastl.com. It's only Tuesday. Kind of feels like a Wednesday. That's okay. No show tomorrow. We've got Mizzou basketball. I know Sean Kelly has been there just a couple of years. Do you think, Brendan, he took to that idea that if football is the swamp, then the basketball facility could be the lagoon? I like the lagoon. You think, does that, or is that a little too Berman-esque? We're over at the lagoon. I don't know if he penciled that one down while we were talking. It would be worth it. It would be worth it. It's worth a shot. Yeah, Mizzou on the road. I think he makes an interesting point. That from here on out, nobody wants to be that team that gets beat by Missouri. I'm not Ooh. saying it's a factor, and it may not really be a true concern for anyone at this point, but I bet that does motivate their opponents, not that they need any more hurdles, but I bet that's true, that teams don't want to be the ones to lose to Mizzou. Yeah, I think I made that comparison with Ben last week where it, it's sort of like sort of like getting no hit, right? I mean, if you're, if, if you're on the Mizzou side, you don't want to be that team – to have a no hitter hung on you by uh, by a pitcher, and I think that's that's sort of uh, sort of in the same vein for these teams, and, and and it works both ways. That's why I mean I still think for Mizzou there is enough motivation not to have to wear that O for eighteen record for the entire conference season. Still reason to go out there and play hard, but their their game scripts, Martin it. They follow along the same pattern every single game. Now that Sean East is back, either you start out a house of fire or you're like 0 for 10, but then you'll rally, you'll make it close. You might even take the lead at halftime. You'll keep it close then for the first 8 to 10 minutes of the second half, might take the lead again. Heck, might even take a sizable lead. And then you know that 8 to 10 minute um scoreless streak is coming where you're not going to make a field goal and you might not even get a point and suddenly what might have been a lead or close ball game is gone and you're looking up at a double-digit deficit and uh, and maybe you make a little rally, but that's how these games have gone every single time out for the Tigers. So the NFL may or may not be scripted, but for sure Mizzou basketball is. Mizzou is. It's yeah. kind of like the Fast and the Furious or one of those kind of movies. You know exactly what's going to I have not seen those movies, to be fair, but I'm assuming <laughs> they, they, they the scripts are the same. Well, I'm assuming there's <laughs> somewhat of a predictability to the script itself. So, yeah, Mizzou at 0-14. Are you with me on that concept that the Kim Anderson era ended and we all felt bad for him? I never thought we'd see anything remotely close to that. This is going to end up being worse. It's going to end up being worse. And think about How? this. Right. And, and those teams were bad. Those those Kim Anderson teams, there there were no no players that you could really envision. Now, this guy is going to help us 
win a tournament game in the next couple. Maybe the best player was, remember Kevin Purrier, who I think still yeah. carried over that next year to that first Michael Porter Jr. team. Purrier contributed a little bit. But this team's got two players. This Mizzou team has two players that have an argument to be all-conference. Sean East and Tamar Bates. And you have not won it. How is that possible? How could you have two potential all-conference players and not win a ball game? That's incredible to me. Yeah, there's talent. It does always seem to be a little disjointed or unclear what the rotation, you know, and they have a, sure, they've had injuries, but that's a great name, Kevin Purrier. It's going to be 10 years since they hired Kim Anderson. It was 10 years ago. What I remember about the introductory press conference he said, always listen to the radio on the way in, and apparently I'm old. Because I guess <laughs> people just kept harping on I really felt bad for that guy. And you can just see, when it's not going, you're losing, and then nobody wants to be a part of it, so you can't recruit. It just was like this vicious cycle. Uh, unfortunately, we're <laughs> for the moment at least, we're back in that same boat. Cardinals' Sonny Gray, we talked about that at the Open, made his debut. Shohei Otani. Dodgers debut. You forget that he can't pitch. I almost have to remind myself he's there as a hitter. Just a hitter. Hard to believe a team could have Otani, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman. I mean, just to name a few there. I think L.A.'s problem is going to be, however good they are all year, nothing's going to matter. At the All-Star break, oh, wow, they're having a record-setting season. Will they win in October? Will they win in October? They won that COVID year. I still kind of feel like that doesn't count. And that's not fair to them, but it didn't feel like a real season, right? I mean, all, well, they, what, they played 50 regular season games, something ridiculous like that. And I know that. they know this, too, and they feel exactly somewhat the right. same way. Yeah, you know they, they probably feel that same way. 2020 is a joke, and I, I'd say all of the other— It puts it on the banner, 2020. <laughs> it was a joke. All, <laughs> NHL, NBA finishing yep. in the bubble down in Florida, all of those championships, you barely, they all should have an asterisk by them at this point. So, yeah, if you're the Dodgers, I think that's motivation to to win what would be considered a real championship. And they've uh, not they haven't put themselves in real advantageous spots when once they've gotten to October, but you're right, it will be a full regular season of is it October yet for those Dodgers. And if by chance they stumble or scuffle a little bit, there will be instant instant criticism and probably Rightfully so. It'll be be it'll be fascinating to see how they uh, navigate this entire season. It, it's going to be one uh, certainly worthy to watch, and be fun to see the Cardinals open up out there here next month. Oh, that's going to be a great spectacle because you know it's L.A. It's opening day, but it also for Cardinal fans who are frustrated. Why don't we go for it? Why don't we spend money? Oh, they got Yamamoto. Oh, they got Otani. <laughs> like there, and nobody can compare to that other than maybe the Yankees, but. I think for Cardinal fans, it's the ultimate. See what they're doing? Not that you can compare with L.A. in terms of market size or money, but I think it just kind of riles up the, the fan base even more. Watch, they'll go and win a couple of games that week. See, we're just fine. Uh, Brandon <laughs> Crawford mentioned this at the outset. Derek Gould says he's on site. He's down there in Florida. I've maintained he's got to be on the team, if not all year, most of the year. I don't think he and his agent would sign here if they say, as soon as Edmund is healthy, we don't need you anymore. I don't. I could be wrong. Do you see him taking that kind of? And the reason I bring it up is because then when we get closer to the season, okay, who's on the team? We've talked a ton about Matt Carpenter owning a spot. I just don't see how Crawford and Carpenter can both be on this team. 
And I'd be curious to see how many teams were jockeying to get Crawford here at the 11th hour as spring training was the spring training games were getting underway because it's it's so interesting with the Cardinals you make this move now and it was coming off that late start for Mason Wynn who was great Sunday and Ben and I talked about it Sunday morning man Mason Wynn this is really going to be a critical spring training for him goes out there three hits double stolen base great defensive play and then again minutes later here comes the Brandon Crawford I should say the next day the Brandon Crawford news comes down the line so I still think it probably has more to do with Tommy Edmond than Mason Wynn at the end of the day so if if Edmond does get well and we assume he will although those wrist injuries man I, I I feel to like me, this is a, a sign that they're worried about Edmund. Yes, I, not I think about Win. I think it's time that uh, it, it's it's the Tommy Edmund high. Uh, we should be on high alert now on what kind of season to expect from him, and I think this is our first warning sign of that. But if you're Brandon Crawford, a guy that should be good defensively. Brings more of that that veteran leadership, something we've talked a We're lot overflowing about. Overflowing now with veteran yeah, a leadership. lot of veteran leaders. The average age went up a little bit. <laughs> Good defensive shortstop has a little bit of power. Uh, left-handed bad. I- I'm interested to see how he could mix in. You're always looking for somebody to help in that middle infield. And again, if Edmund is compromised, you don't have a whole heck of a lot there. Uh, second base, you're in a better spot with Donovan. And, and and Gorman obviously that that are able to play that spot, but uh, you need some help at shortstop, and I think Crawford would fill that gap. I am still curious to see if that would go throughout the entire season, but I also don't get the hate. I've seen a lot of criticism. Oh, the Cardinals going out and get getting another old guy. For the most part, the Cardinals are really young, especially with their position players. I see no problem. There's just with not this. a lot in the middle, is there? <laughs> They're the, kind of like right. either really old or really yeah, young. Yeah. And he's a winning player. You look at that resume. I have no problem with him being signed. My my issue is, why was Tommy Edmund, it was like anointed, it was like repeated, repeated, repeated from Mazalok and Ali Marmol. And were they saying that when they knew he had wrist surgery? Because we didn't know that for a while, which I guess we didn't have to know. But if they kept saying, he'll be the starting center fielder. Edmund is the guy. We've committed to Tommy Edmund as the starting center fielder. Were they saying that the whole time, knowing he's coming off wrist surgery? And if so... Why didn't they temper that a little bit? It's not like they ha- haven't said something, said things here recently, and then had to walk them back right. like twenty four. Oh, wait, yes. Wilson is, Contreras last year. Yeah, that's right. I just feel like it's Tyler O'Neill all yeah, over him because O'Neal. well, they said he's the center fielder, yeah. and we were all like, he's the left fielder, and is he really a center? Well, he and then he said he wants to play center field, and we thought, well, that's cute, but who cares? Like, <laughs> I don't care if he wants to play center field. Uh, also mentioned at the outset, we've got City SC playing late tonight. In Houston, it's the Champions Cup. Winner advances. It's aggregate score. So if they were to draw, they would advance, right? Because they won the first game. Yep. Two. Is it that simple? I know it gets convoluted, yes. but I believe either win outright or tie, and you would advance, I think. Yes. Because aggregate score, you'd always have one more than them if you tie them. So I would think you're good. I, is there, there may be some peculiarities to it that I'm not aware of. They could lose in, in advance. They could lose in advance. But how? Unlike penalty kick? Because let's say they lose one. But road goals are worth more. Right. So say they lose three to two. Suddenly you've got two road goals to their one. Okay. So, so if I you lose, you want to score a bunch. Right. Or don't lose by more than two. <laughs> so I think if they were to lose, say, one zero. I think they're good. Houston moves on because 
St. Louis would have zero road, road goals. And they would have one. And uh, Houston would have one. Oh, yeah. So the aggregate oh, – this, this is like tax season. So the, <laughs> the aggregate score in that scenario would be 2-2, two to two, but you wouldn't have any road goals, so you'd be done. Right. So don't lose – one zip, tie them zero zero, and you're okay. I think so. Yes. Tie them one one, and you're okay. And if you lose two to one, I think you're still okay because no, then they'd be tied with that. Two to one would be the exact same. Two to one, I think they go to shootout. Okay. <laughs> because there is a scenario where oh they go my to goodness. there is a scenario where they keep playing and go to extra time. It's back to MLS action this Saturday. <laughs> what is coming up tonight on the Big Sports well, we'll Show? We'll talk more about it in the 8 o'clock hour. Matt Baker, it's Soccer in the Lou, direct, kind of a direct pregame for tonight. Ben Fred with me coming up next. A lot to dig into, probably more baseball talk with Ben. And when we mention City, we got to talk about the pitch right across the street from City Park. It's the latest creation from Bob and Steve O'Loughlin. This is such a cool spot. Beautiful athletic club and tavern, the place to hang out. And watch soccer, not just on match night at City Park, but all year long. Fans of the Champions League, the Bundesliga, La Liga, people have figured it out. This is the place to go. Would you want to just sit back, have a cold beer, enjoy some soccer? The pitch on the west end of Union Station, directly across from City Park. You could not get any closer unless it was located on the pitch itself, right across the street. You can find out more the pitch-stl.com. Great place for lunch and happy hour during the week, or if you're going to a blues game, right down the street, right off a of market. You can't miss it. Such an awesome place to hang out. And if you don't have tickets to City, don't worry about it. Just stop by, hang out at the pitch, be part of the fun and festivities because it is right across the street from City Park. Stay tuned. Big Sports Show is next.